This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 13th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Defense Secretary Robert Gates wants to trim the fat of military spending, but he has trouble naming one of the many U.S. military commitments that he would cut wholesale. Justin Logan, Associate Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, believes that getting serious about cutting the defense budget means cutting our obligations abroad. A more serious plan to cut military spending, says Logan, is on the table. Secretary Gates gives a speech on purpose at the Eisenhower Library. What was his explicit aim in giving that particular speech at that particular place? Clearly, Secretary Gates was trying to draw an analogy between himself uh, and his policies and the policies of President Eisenhower. I don't think that's really a fair comparison. First of all, President Eisenhower, most historians and political scientists agree, was largely out of step with the militarized containment strategy that many of his successors followed, in particular uh, in the United States with respect to the Cold War. Eisenhower stated, for example, in 1952, that if in 10 years all American troops stationed in Europe have not been returned to the United States, then this whole project that means sort of the whole NATO effort, will have failed, end quote. Almost 60 years later, Bob Gates still wants American troops in Europe. Uh, Just to give you another example, Eisenhower used what was called remainder method accounting for the defense budget. They calculated tax revenues, subtracted domestic expenditures, and the rest went to defense. And they managed to figure out how to get the job done, I think, when uh, they were, the United States was facing a much more significant threat. If anybody proposed remainder accounting, uh, the remainder method in defense budgeting today, they would be ridden out of town on a rail and derided as radicals with some support. I mean, remainder method accounting was not uh, uh, sort of tied to U.S. strategy. But Secretary Gates's uh, measly efforts certainly don't make him uh, Eisenhower Eisenhowerian. Remainder method accounting, that distinction uh, seems to stand pretty much in direct opposition to what a lot of Republican conservatives push, which is a specific share of GDP, regardless of how fast or slow GDP grows to U.S. defense. Right. And both of those methods, it's important to note, are wrong for the same reason. That is to say that they're divorced from U.S. strategy, right? What you would like to do is to set up a strategy. You have a a theory about how the world works. You have an ordering of national interests that you'd like to pursue. And you try to craft a defense budget uh, and a defense posture that's tailored to that strategy. So I think Eisenhower could be fairly criticized for this remainder method accounting for saying, look, you know, we should have had a more expansive strategy, et cetera, et cetera. But the many Republicans, many right of center uh, uh, analysts today make the same uh, mistake, I think, in the other direction by saying we should have a national strategy that is 4% of GDP when maybe we need 6% of GDP, maybe we need 2% of GDP, but pegging Uh, defense spending to some arbitrary number seems like a bad idea to me. Then what would Gates like to see? He starts off with the very un-Eisenhower-like statement that cutting force structure is off the table. He uses this piece of rhetoric that uh, national security uh, analysts have started to use, that we're in an era of persistent conflict. 
one wonders and looks in vain in a time in history where military commanders and secretaries of defense were talking about an era of persistent peace or an era of certainty as opposed to the uncertainty that we're told about uh, today. So he comes out at the outset and says, no changes to force structure, and he can't find one military commitment that he'd like to get rid of. Instead, he sort of nibbles around the edges of the defense budget and has three sort of centerpieces of this speech, uh, his approach to trying to get what he calls a, a sustainable defense budget. The first of which he points to, which is correct, are the soaring health care costs for military personnel. Those costs have roughly doubled in the last 10 years and are set to double again by some point in the 2020s. But then Gates acknowledges political reality that it's just not going to be possible to do something that can be advertised as cutting health care for our men and women in the field. I mean, this is just something that is, uh, no one wants to campaign on. So the first idea that he has, which is important if there were a way to get military health care costs under control, uh, that would be useful. But the political reality of that sort of rules that out. And then the second, or second and third efforts that he wants to do is to reform procurement, which has been an endless uh, proposal for decades that has never been able to be resolved for a variety of complex reasons. And he cites uh, things that he's done heretofore on procurement reform that are actually relatively modest, uncertain efforts to cut programs. Um, but this likely holds the most promise of the three proposals that he's made. And then the third proposal is to cut bureaucracy and the top-heavy command structures in places like uh, continental Europe, NATO. He wants to trim the civilian bureaucracy, cut down on the number of senior executive service people, generals and admirals to sort of flatten the command structure. So those are the three big things. Uh, some way to get military health care costs under control, procurement reform, and then cutting bureaucracy and what he calls overhead. You say Gates can't name a specific military commitment that ought to be uh, cast aside. Wouldn't that type of decision also be politically very difficult to name one of these commitments and say, we're done? Well, many things in politics are difficult. Uh, most people come to Washington because they think that there are important changes to be made to American policy. Uh, and I'd submit that uh, a powerful uh, Democratic president with a Republican secretary of defense uh, who has a great deal of sway could be making substantive arguments about uh, the overarching strategy of the United States, the administration has not yet released its national security strategy, uh, which is on, on some level sort of a boilerplate document, but would make clear some of the assumptions of the administration on this. But so it is, it is true that it would be hard to scale back our commitments, our presence overseas, and make real cuts to the defense budget. But I think it's worth doing. And what inevitably ends up happening when people believe that, that there's sort of fat trimming to be done or you can come in and reform procurement is you get very, very small cost savings. Because the reason the American military costs $750 billion a year is not because of $900 hammers or contractors in Afghanistan. Well, it is sort of in part because of contractors in Afghanistan, but it's not this sort of Halliburton story. It's trying to do a huge number of things at the same time. So whenever you're going to have a sprawling bureaucracy of several million people who are involved in the defense industrial complex, it's going to be terrifically costly. 
And Gates's cuts just simply are not serious. I should say he doesn't want to cut the defense budget. What he wants to do is to get enough cost savings out of the three areas that I've highlighted previously to account for the 2 to 3% real growth in the so-called teeth in the tooth-to-tail ratio that people talk about when they talk about sort of tip-of-the-spear type guys as opposed to uh, support, logistics, etc. We've got uh, growing commitments in the future that he wants to sort of cash in savings on procurement and healthcare, et cetera, to fund uh, the people in the field. Um, so Gates is winning plaudits from all of these people who have said that he's the best Secretary of Defense in history, he's a visionary, et cetera. I think those claims are just dramatically overstated. Um, I think actually the Secretary could take a look at, uh, oddly enough, some work that a uh, task force put together by Congressman Barney Frank has been doing. A couple of my colleagues, Chris Preble uh, and Ben Friedman, have contributed a good bit to called the Sustainable Defense Task Force. And if you want real savings, the, the sad fact of the matter is you're going to have to ask the military to do fewer things. The things that are costly in the military are human beings. And it's irresponsible to cut the number of human beings dedicated to uh, the various missions that they have unless you scale back those missions. And as part of this Sustainable Defense Task Force, uh, the sort of Cato contribution was to discover a trillion dollars in savings over the next 10 years, which, sad to say, in the context of our current deficits is not uh, by any means a solution <laughs> to the problem, but it's a serious contribution, uh, particularly when put in light of the, uh, the Secretary's what I think are really uh, measly cuts. If Secretary Gates is serious about cutting defense spending, he should really Google Sustainable Defense Task Force, where you can see a very serious plan to cut defense over the next 10 years. Justin Logan is Associate Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.